Miller, and Condon. Ken Miller. Oh, Trent Condon. Score. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Friday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller for the next two hours talking sports with you. The BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. Jared Stansbury is going to join us uh, from Cyclone Fanatic. Uh, he will uh, talk Iowa State sports with us coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Look forward to catching up with Jared. Uh, I really enjoyed, I, I love mailbags. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, Where you get a bunch of different yeah, topics. Absolutely. Yes, yeah, absolutely. We're uh, subscribers or listeners or uh, readers uh, bounce around with, like you said, a d- number of different topics. And uh, Stansbury put one out earlier in the week. I read it and thought, you know what? If Chris can't work one of these uh, Fridays with us, it's uh, it, it, let's deputize Stansbury for the day. <laughs> and he's going to join us here at 1130. Uh, at 12.05, Mike Palm, a VP of Operations at Circa Sports. I see Circa has their odds out for today's uh, Iowa-North Carolina game, about what you expected? Well, it's interesting. So Iowa is a slight favorite, and they're a minus 120 on the money line, even money for North Carolina, so basically a toss-up game. Mm-hmm. But the betting odds to advance out of the region, North Carolina is the betting favorite in that. North Carolina and Iowa are both betting favorites over Indiana State, who is the host, the number 14 overall seed, they only lost three conference games in the Missouri Valley, which is mm-hmm. better baseball than even the Big Ten. And that was a little bit of a surprise to see that. And that's not just a circa. Pretty much every market that has it out there, Indiana State is the third choice to come out of the region. So North Carolina is the favorite, yet in the game today against Iowa, now is it a pitching matchup? They believe that maybe there's more depth for Carolina, and that's the reason that they're betting favorite. Just It's kind of or weird to Or brand name schools versus... Could be that, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, big thank you to Jeff Benson, the sportsbook director. Yeah. Text him yesterday. Hey, can you get a yes/no prop for I would advance out of the region? They had, I don't know, twenty teams. I think selected that they did yes nos. Yep. Within twenty minutes, it's That's up great. on the app. That's awesome. Uh, good people to know. Good luck doing that with one of the big brands. Now, listen, that's one of the reasons uh, we um, appreciate our relationship with mm-hmm. them in the way that we do. I'll never forget making that trip out there, Trent, a couple yeah. of summers ago. You and I and. Uh, like you say, you you can knock on some of those big brands' doors, and you'll never get the audience that we were uh, able to uh, to uh, put together. Anyways, uh, so that's Mike Palm, twelve oh five, and then Tom Cakert on Iowa. More on this game with, uh, amongst other things, uh, maybe some basketball information. Uh, Tom uh, is sitting on perhaps as the. Um, NBA, the period of time when you had to declare whether you're staying in the draft or or coming back to school has come on. And what does that do, if anything, as far as uh, elevating Iowa's chances to land somebody in the portal? We shall see on that. So, uh, oh, Claxton's giveaway as well. Before we get out of here at 1 o'clock, we'll give four of you an opportunity to win barbecue from our friends at Claxton's. You know the rules. Uh, You cannot have participated in the contest in the last uh, 30 days, whether you're a winner or whether you... um, I didn't win. Uh, you're you're uh, ineligible for that 30 day period of time, uh, and then we'd love to have you back in. But four of you will get a chance here today at about 10 minutes before the hour of one. You were out at Wellman's last night. The Circuit Crew, or some of them, were in town. Mm-hmm. What was Wellman's like for an NBA final game? Is there were there did you notice NBA fans coming out of the woodwork to watch this with uh, amongst other fans? Yeah, there was a a good crowd, and secondly. 
more people that were there to watch the game than I would have anticipated. I, I it's the NBA. It's right. Nuggets heat. Mm-hmm. There were quite a few people that had Nuggets jerseys on. Nuggets Is that gear. a fact? Yeah, I saw quite a, I'd say a half dozen probably people that were dressed up. I saw Jamal Murray jersey and a Joker jersey. Monty Morris jersey. Didn't see one of those, but wouldn't surprise you, right? Yeah, but you got to feel bad for him in a way, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Jeez. I don't think there's many Wizards jerseys now. No. <laughs> well, probably a couple in Story County if I had Could to bet. Yeah, that's where absolutely. I would that's where I would look. Yes. But uh yeah. And he was he turned into Caldwell Pope, correct? Yeah. Yeah. That was the trade. Pretty good one. Yeah, but I mean, look at it. It was a good piece for Denver. Yeah. It was absolutely. a missing piece for Denver. So I was surprised because it just I wondered how this was in at least at one spot last night. There was a hmm. good crew out there. A lot of people signing up for the Circus Sports app, which good. was great to see as well. Yep. So and same thing. We just talked about the baseball odds. I was minus 120. You go to Big Brand X, they're minus 130. Hmm. Again, prices. Mean a lot. They do. Nine it times out up. of ten, four times out of five, whatever, the number's got to be close to that. You're going to get your best. But I didn't get a $50 sign-up bonus when I signed up. Uh-huh. And that was a hill I just wasn't ready to climb. You're going to make your own you bonus. Will. You will. If you're betting at Circa. And that's how you do it every single time. So also worked on some more details as we're continuing to cross some T's and dot some I's. We're heading to Chicago in November Hmm. for Iowa Northwestern at Wrigley Field. Possibility our listeners will have a chance to win tickets here throughout these summer months. So still figuring out details. Tickets are still not available, but we are talking about a rooftop. Oh, is that right? Well, here's the other part. It's going to be piss cold. Maybe, yeah. I mean, there's a pretty good chance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's gonna be rough. Yep, yep. Well, with the rooftop, you get the bar area. You do. It's enclosed inside. Yep. And then you go up top, and that's mm-hmm. where the seats are. But you can also so you can go warm remember, up. You can see from the. Can you see from the enclosed area? Some of them you can. Yeah. I thought we could at the. Or I could at the one I was in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know some of them that you can. So yeah. that's another thing that we're kind of batting around the idea. And we saw what that is. Cubs Dodgers that, that uh, when they were in the playoffs. I'm not sure of the year, mm-hmm. but anyways, uh, it was cold. <laughs> yeah. It was cold, October baseball. And now we're talking November And now we're football. talking November, yeah. Yep. But working on those details, so if you're a fan of the Hawkeyes, want to get over there, just want to see a football game in Wrigley. I do. It's, That's why my arm's raised. Absolutely. Yeah. going to be something completely different. Yeah. So a lot of opportunities coming up this summer. We're working on those details, but keep that in the back of your mind because tickets are not available right now. You what have do you to be think a season they, ticket. Oh, is that right? Yes. Northwest. What do you think they'll go for? Any idea? Oh, will it be a couple of hundred bucks to yeah, get in? I'd say two, two fifty, something mm-hmm. in that range, probably to get in the door. And, and what would a rooftop be? Because they're they're not cheap. One hundred twenty-five. Well, remember, person? it's all the food and drink. It is. It's it's all you can drink, all you can eat. At least that's the way it is for Cubs games. I will definitely drink one hundred twenty-five dollars worth of beer. If I was in Wrigley, I've, I've seen a lot of people try. Yes. If I was in Wrigley at what twelve, fifteen bucks a mm-hmm. pop. I'd probably do the same inside of a roof. And, and, and I will say this, at, at least the one that I was in, the food would blew me away. Oh, yeah? I thought you were going to boil up a couple of hot dogs and you take the bun out of, the, uh-huh. out of the plastic wrapper and, you know, there might be some mustard or whatever. It was really good. Okay. I mean, it was the peppers, it was the onions, there uh-huh. was chicken. It was really well done. So, fine, see if we can get that one. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? No, it was really yeah, good. Yeah, I mean... Would you miss something not actually being in Wrigley? Maybe a little bit. But you, just... do. You, you, you do. You mm-hmm. uh, do. That that was my first. Th- and it's not like you're right across the street. Right. 
Um, but again, for baseball, you can't see the warning track, mm-hmm. the warning track to the wall, at least in right field. Uh, and you can see a little bit in left. But, um, but for football, would the scoreboard get in the way? I don't think it would. Just depends on which one of the yeah. rooftops you have to, because right. there's there's ones in left. There's ones the, in right. the ones in left field. I think is probably the clear, the cleanest view. Mm-hmm. Yes. We were in right center, I think. Uh, anyways, um, I'm excited to hear how this turns out. I think it's, I think I'm looking forward to going over. I'm looking forward to seeing the game. Because um, stay to the end. Well, probably. Yeah. What time are we? Are you driving? Yeah. If you're driving, I'm probably staying till the end. Right? <laughs> right. Do I have a choice, Trent? Well, and the other thing, so my wife wants to come, yeah, but she doesn't have any personal days after we took our Mexico trip. Oh. She used all three that she had banked the last three years, so she's going to have to fly over a one-way mm-hmm. on Friday night. So I think... It's too bad Southwest doesn't fly into uh, uh, Midway anymore. Well, they do, but you've got to go through St. Louis, <laughs> right. which just you know, no. defeats the purpose. What is there, that United flight? I There's think. United in America. Yeah. And you just get in there. Mm-hmm. It's an hour flight. Yep. You're up and you're down and you're yep. there. And probably do that and she'll be riding back. But the, so. but the um, you land in O'Hare, from O'Hare to uh, um, downtown Chicago. Trent takes forever. Right, it does, yes. It's like, oh my God. It's brutal. It's awful. And it's bumper to, it's a big city. <laughs> yes, it's a big it is. city. Yes, it is. So, um, I mean, it's a beautiful city, but that's what comes with big cities, big beautiful cities, is traffic. And there is oh Jesus! So let's talk. I, we have to talk about the game. As bad as it was, a good God, it was awful. I mean, if you're a Celtics fan and you're watching these guys brick, 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 you're thinking, why the hell couldn't they have done that on Monday night, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, where was Martin and where was Struss and where was uh, Robinson? These guys were a combined. Was it two for twenty three? Combined two for mm-hmm. twenty three. Both of them threes, okay, big deal. <laughs> two for 23. They shot two free throws in the entire game. It's like they, I don't want to say they mailed it in game one of a final, but good God, they weren't ready to play. Dead legs. Maybe. Played right? in altitude. A little emotion still from left over from, I mean, that was Monday, and here we are Thursday. You would think that. But it's still a turnaround, and mm-hmm. teams coming off of game seven, they are 39% ATS in game one of the next series. That is across the board, not just NBA Finals, but mm-hmm. any round of the playoffs. And it played out again, though. We were close to getting that backdoor cover Boy, last I night. I thought for a while you were going yeah. to. My God. Now, I like, that would have been the, that would have been the uh, as big a back. Because, Trent, th- this was an 11-point game. Mm-hmm. Um, that wasn't 11 That's not game. an indicator of no. the score. This was 20-something points. I saw, there was a, did you see the alternate number? Some guy bet, like, stacks. Uh, Miami plus 30 and a half. Okay. And he got like 200 bucks. Uh-huh. I thought, you know what? Here's another example of a guy betting a lot to yeah. make a little and he's going to go down in flames. And very well could And he have. almost, I, I thought yes. for the longest time that this thing is going to get really ugly. We, neither of us like the Heat coming in to really even have a chance to win this no. series. A game in, I mean, is that whatever percentage chance he gave them even lower? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, if you gave him a ten percent chance, yes, it's five now. Maybe, maybe yeah. five. I mean, there's a lot of people out there give him zero chance, and I kind of see it that way. At best, at absolute best, they win a game in Denver. Maybe, maybe. I don't think. I don't think so. But that's you mean a best. game in Miami or a game in Denver? No, in Denver, best Ugh. game. Taking the whole series, four games. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Well, they're going to have to. And there's no chance. And then to win the series, that means no. they have to win every game at home. Nope. That's not happening nope. against this Nuggets team either. Nope. I just, nope. Nope. I can't see the path where it happens. It, Look, Denver's too big for them for starters. They are. Um, 
And, and Gordon, when he was going, boy, he had a first half last night. Yeah. Unbelievable. Jokic was kind of slow scoring, but it was he had 10 assists in the first. I love that about this guy, Trent. He gets everybody else going. Mm-hmm. Everybody on his team is involved. Gets a little piece of um, of that first twenty four minutes just to you know get in the game. Here's I'm gonna I'm gonna pass up a shot, and he did it repeatedly. Those corner threes when it looked mm-hmm. like he's right under the basket. You know what? No, I don't need this. I can get this when I want. Let's get my teammates involved. He's so good. He's so, so good. So smart. Yes. And in a game where Murray and Porter combined to go four of eighteen from three. Mm-hmm. And you still cruise into mm-hmm. a victory. Yep. It's series over. The series is over. The series is over. And probably was, if we would have been honest with ourselves, mm-hmm. it probably was by the when the time that Miami got on the uh, plane in, at Logan yeah. in Boston. It was just, mm, I mean, Struss, oh, for 10, or Struess. Adebayo was good. Bam was good. He was good. He was about the only one. Yeah. Vincent. Now, Vincent got his. Vincent got That's not being fair to him. Um, but uh, for the for the most part, just an ugly game, just an ugly game. Um, stars came out, at least the Denver Stars. <laughs> yes, Russell did. Wilson front row and Peyton Manning. Can you imagine Peyton Peyton Manning's kid, his son? He takes him everywhere. Them good for you, Peyton. And, yeah. the, and the and the doors that this kid gets open for him. Yeah, comes with having that last name, right? That does. Yeah, nothing, nothing wrong with that. Anyways, uh, your twins last night—that's yeah. where I was bouncing back and forth. Uh, um, as bad as the basketball game was, that's a big win for the twins because I thought that—I uh, mean, all of their stars are leaving the game. Mm-hmm. Um, no way they're going to be able to put this one a team that most folks thought in Cleveland was going to be the team to beat in that Central Division and to come back the way that they did. And there's Royce Lewis again. What a. Um, an injection of life into this baseball team. A budding star. He is, Trent, and he's charismatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a smile on his face, appreciates the game, uh, and is a budding star. To come back after blowing the lead in the six. And Lopez mm-hmm. is just cruising along. Yeah, he was doing pretty well. Looking great, yeah. and then and then he wasn't. Mm-hmm. And when you fall down like that, and as a Twins fan... And a lot of the guys, yeah. the memories of last year mm-hmm. when you know, cruising it looked like to a division title. Yep. And then Cleveland comes in, or if I, I think the first series was you, there. There was in there. Yep, was and in then Cleveland. you come back yep. and you played them seven times over 10 days or whatever it was. You get leads in six of them. Mm-hmm. And you just kept blowing yep. them time and time the out. Door. And then that happens. Mm-hmm. That was an important win for the mental state yep. of this team. I the, think so. Those are the kind of things that you need. Just. They're humans. Mm-hmm. We can break down all the numbers all we want. We can look at it that way, but ultimately, still dudes. You still got to figure out what's going on on the mental side of it, and that was an important one for the mental side. And Royce Lewis, oh, they got something. Yeah, go ahead and buy his jersey if, if, you, <laughs> yeah, if you're inclined. Yeah. If you're a jersey buyer, uh, and if you're a Twins fan, because boy, he he he's really something. So, what have you heard as far as the the walking wounded, particularly the big two? I haven't seen anything in particular, mm-hmm. anything concrete, at least this morning. I, I didn't. What do... was it with Correa? I mean, what brought? Well, and I was took at... a bad step or something. I was at Wellman's last night, so oh, hard to hear. No sound. Yeah, hard to hear for the Twins. Though the games were on, that was uh-huh. nice, and I was able to see it. I didn't hear kind of what they were talking about there. Uh, with it, so I didn't get real deep into it. Just saw the home run, and everyone looked at me as my hands thrust in the air after Royce Lewis ties it up. Yeah, and uh, that Sack was fly to win it. That yep. was kind of a a good win. Yeah, it was a good win. A good win, really as, good win. As good of a win as you can have in early June. Uh, we lost one yesterday, Trent. We being college football fans, and that when it comes to the SEC and their reluctance, I I don't get. I mean, they're the SEC. They're going to do what they want. Um, 
the reluctance for them to play that extra game. Mm-hmm. Especially when you bring you know two brands into your conference in Oklahoma and Texas, you would just think that you'd want to you know share those two teams with another school in the uh, in, in the conference, and I guess eventually they will get there at some point. But they're going to play eight. But now they've laid down the law; they're forced to play a Power Five school on your schedule. You have to play one of them. Well, everybody else is doing that already. <laughs> right. Everybody, most schools are playing nine conference games and. One against a P5 school. Um, we're not running the same race, and it's going to set up incredibly well again for the SEC to get as many teams into this thing, and I hope it's held against them. I hope that the football playoff committee takes a page out of the selection committee in basketball. Sends a message. Yes, sends a message. Mm-hmm. You know what? If you want to play cream puffs, uh, we're not going to, if it comes down to two schools, we're going to match up the schedules and who plays the tougher one. That's not the case in the college football playoff committee. I hope it is. The last at large team, let's say it comes down to nine and three LSU and nine and three Penn State. Okay. And yep. LSU, in this instance, didn't challenge themselves in the nope. non conference. Nope. Only played eight conference games. Mm-hmm. Both have a nice quality victory. Both of them have a top 10 win against whoever. But the difference is non-conference scheduling. Mm -hmm. And Penn State went out and scheduled whoever. Yep. Along with nine conference games. Neither advanced to the championship game of the SEC and the Big Ten, respectively. And if it comes down to that, give it to Penn State. Should be a no-brainer. Should be a no-brainer. If you're going to want to make a mark, that's what you have to do. That's what the selection committee... Here's another thing. As we get ready for the new era of college football with a 12-team playoff. Can we really have what they're looking for before the year? So we don't have to have very... So we're not guessing, you mean? Well, every week they change the criteria. And that's another reason I hate that stupid TV show (laughs) is because they're just lying to you. Lying week after week after week because they're moving the goalposts Mm -hmm. every single time. Well, we really like this metric. Oh, this offensive metric. This defense. Hang on a second. Last week, this right. didn't mean anything. Why is Team X here? Well, because we, this offensive. No, no. Tell us what you're looking for. Right. If strength of schedule is important, tell us before the year. If conference play is important, conference strength. Whatever it is, give us some time, kind of criteria. So we can follow along at home. Right. Well, in the RPI is something yeah. that was there for a long time. And now we have the net, which is an advancement. At least we have something that we know that we can rely we can look, on. Yes, yes, you can at least look at it. So whatever the rating system is, make your own, as they did with the net. Yeah. They moved away from the RPI and they yeah. created their own where it's more than just the schedule that you play. There's more components to it in offensive and defensive efficiency. You can do the same thing in football. Call up Bill Connolly at ESPN. All right, can we use S&P Plus, plus this, plus this, put it all together, Yes, I know we're getting back to the era of the BCS and the computers choosing teams. <laughs> but give us something that at least we can measure and give us some kind of baseline. This is the reason for it. Instead of pulling a random stat out yeah. of the air and, well, we really like this about them. Because that doesn't mean anything. That's nothing that you can actually measure. It's just creating conversation. It is. And that's all that it does. It is. Uh, I mean, that's what, uh, on one hand... Um you know, brings more people to the sport, but I couldn't agree with you more. I couldn't agree with you more. Lay out the parameters. What 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 are you looking for? And then after you lay out said parameters, stick to them. 
I mean, that shouldn't be too difficult to do, right? If you're going to tell us what they are, don't change on the fly. Pretty simple. Uh, let's get Jeff in here. Jared Stansbury coming up from Cyclone Fanatic. Uh, we will uh, talk Cyclones with Jared. Mike Palm from uh, Circus, Sports, Circus Sports will join us at 12.05. And then Tom Kekert before Claxons uh, gives you a chance to win some BBQ. Hello, Jeff. What did you think of the game last night? Well, for, first, let's put it in perspective, guys. How are you? Good. Um, no one talked about Denver's long rest. You know, prior to, you know, NBA Finals or, you know, long series, you always hear, oh, well, are they going to come out flat? Mm-hmm. You know, did they have too much rest? You heard a peep of that, right? Peep. They were ready to go right from the jump. The crowd was excited. I don't know the last time Denver's had an NBA Finals, if they've had one. And so let's talk some X's and O's, okay? Mm-hmm. Right from the jump, Gooden is sprinting in transition, okay? And he's not just sprinting, he's sprinting with a purpose. And then he's sealing Spruce or anybody that's trying to guard him. He had a, a huge height advantage, and they went to that right from the jump. Okay? Mm-hmm. So you're getting Gordon going. Now, let's talk about the real MVP, Joker. Joker gets the ball up at the top of the key, or maybe he gets it elbow extended. you got choices, okay? You bite the bullet. Are you going to play him straight up and Bam can't guard him one-on-one? Nope. Or do you bring a double? And if you bring a double, there's wide open dude. Have, mm-hmm. Well, he, but here's the deal, though. If there is a wide open dude, but does that person who's getting double have the basketball IQ to hit him right when he needs it? And well, mm-hmm. Joker, that's the, that, that's his game. Yep. So all he does, he's seven feet. He'll just base you up, double team, and he'll just bang corner three pocket. Yep. No, no big deal. Saw it repeatedly Someone, last night early. Repeatedly, or they like to drive just. I'm going to go back door, boom, Joker hits your right stride, dunk. Okay, or you don't bring it. There goes Joker. He'll get an and one. He's two feet from the hoop. He's like, you know what? I'm going to pass on this. I'm just going to hit somebody else. He's unbelievable. The real MVP. And how about the coach? We want to talk about Spolstra, mm-hmm. hell of a coach, Hall of mm-hmm. Famer, one of the best coaches in the NBA. Malone, that, that pregame speech that we heard, that was just a clip of it. But he had those players ready to go. And let me get, let's, let's make a parallel here. I said this to Ken when Trent was uh, doing soccer. Joker reminds me of Tim Duncan. Now, it's hard to find a, a player comp with Joker. I'm just trying to give you one out of the box. And they actually said, I don't know if they said this on air or I heard this, that Doris Doris said this and she brought up Tim Duncan. So I wanted to kind of give myself a pass back. <laughs> yeah, but, you did. Um, I remember I, doing it. I, I think that's a great comparison. And then if you talk about with that team, they have a great point guard. Well, the Spurs had a great point guard, mm-hmm. Tony Parker, Hall of Fame. Yep. You had a great coach, Popovich, Malone, great coach. I think those teams, not even just not the Tim Duncan parallel, but the whole team kind of lulls you to sleep like San Antonio, great coach, like I said. They remind me of San Antonio Spurs, and we took them advantage. They weren't the sexiest team. We talk about ratings on the show. They're not. This isn't going to draw great ratings. But you know what? At the end of the day, what we all love, we love players, and we love winners, and we love great players, and mm-hmm. that's who they have. I hope you guys have a good weekend. Watch a lot of baseball. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate that. Uh, he's Tim Duncan's uh, a terrible comp. Yeah, I don't know about the comp. Um, Sorry, Jeff, but that, that, there, there's, there, there's nothing similar. I don't, I don't know if there is one. I, I don't know if there is a comp. I, I, an athletic uh, pass. He's almost pass first. Yes. Um, Duncan. I've heard in, Oscar Robertson. In 18 years, hit 30 career threes. Yeah. He averaged three assists a game. No, no, not Tim Duncan. 
I'm telling you, it's Arvidas Sabonis is the only thing that we have. This lumbering guy mm-hmm. that is just unorthodox and can pass at that level, and he's not even close. And Jokic is just completely different level. There is not a comp. I can't think of Bobby Hansen. We asked him that question mm-hmm. yesterday. He couldn't think of one. Absolutely, he threw out a name that I've never heard of before. Right, we went way back in the way, way back, back machine. Said, yeah. Um, he's, he's just he's, unique. He's one of one. And he went, he went 41st overall. <laughs> and you, you saw the pictures of him, and you can tell why he went for a 41st yes. overall. He's out of shape. Um, pudgy. Not going to translate. No, he can't run up and down the floor. No no athleticism. Um, he just, he's just different. Yes, he is. And enjoy it, man, because he is unbelievable to watch. I love the fact, to Jeff's point, you know, getting his teammates involved. Yeah. Making them feel a part of it, that they've got ownership of this game. They all know who the best player on the team is. They all know that. And here's the best player on the team getting them involved. He's passing up shots so he can bring you aboard and bring you along. That's what leaders do. It was the same thing the Bulls used to do early in every game. Throw it down to Bill Cartwright. Yes. And it would be two of the first three, four possessions. Mm -hmm. And then it'd be done. But then dump it it down there and they know, all right, that gets Bill going a little bit. He's going to play defense and rebound. Let's make the old man happy, though. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of thing that Jokic does, too. Yep. He just understands the game so well. He is at a different level in terms of basketball IQ and using the limitations athletically, but still understanding angles and mm. how to get shots and how to fade away and not even just doing it, but then actually hitting the shot on top of it. He is unbelievable. He is worth the price. And oh, God. Four or five games, whatever it is, I don't think this series is going to be How old long. is he? 28 years old. 28 years old. Wow, good for him. Looks like he's 42. He does. He does. He'll go back home and he'll drive his horses. He loves harness horses. That's what he spends his off season. Um, That's why you like him. Well, one of the reasons, yeah. One of the reasons. I just love his game. Um, maybe maybe we'll see more of Denver in the future, right? Maybe maybe the, the, the networks will realize uh, that you know, maybe we should have spotlighted this kid a little bit right. more and, and, and his team because, my good God, they're the one seed in the West for crying out loud. And no one gave them, I mean, I don't know. Well, the Suns are going to get it. LeBron's got something for them. Or if it doesn't work out that way, Curry and company will be there. No, yeah, here they are. Uh, and here we are going to break. When we return, with Jared Stansberry will with, be with us. Really enjoyed his mailbag at cyclonefanatic.com. Uh, he came up with his starting five for hoops. We'll pick his brain on that. Uh, talk Iowa State with Stansbury. June first is come and gone. That's when I was first told that you know that there hoped to be some resolution uh, to this gambling story. Mm-hmm. That um, maybe it's a Friday night news dump. Could be. Um, don't short know. week though this week. Yeah, short week. I, I think that uh, that piece of information is look. It may, maybe they maybe they're digging and they found more stuff. Who knows? Could be. It's just it was just a number that they put out there that we were told was out there that they hope to be, you know, um, provide some clarity by now. But um, certainly didn't happen yesterday. But Friday five o'clock, Heather and Sean final hour of the show that falls in their lap. <laughs> Hello. That'll get you to the weekend. <laughs> yes, it will. Uh, Miller and Condon underway on a Friday. Jared Stansberry next. Mike Palm, VP of Operations Circa. Tom Kakert on the Hawks in the matchup against North Carolina. And then Claxons as we take you until one. It's Des Moines Sports Station. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, 
It's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. 106.3. 1-800-BETS-OFF. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Mike Palm, VP of Operations Circus Sports 1205. Tom Kakert on the Hawks 1225. Exiles uh, beer goes, Swarm Beer goes live when? Today? Today, in fact, I'll be out there calling in a couple of different times with Heather and Sean as I'll be live on the scene and i uh, got to get my lips on a Swarm Beer. So going to be out there and working on some details of doing a little bit more with the Swarm Beer and Exile Brewing. I've heard from two of my buddies that have already tried it. Yeah. One drinks Bud Light. Yep. Drinks Bush Light. Yep. Domestics only. Right. Loved it. The other... Hardcore Hawkeye fan, though? Yes. Okay. The other? Yeah. A beer snob. Uh-huh. Won't touch a light beer if their life depended on it. Really? Loved it. Uh-huh. Both of them. Going to sell a bunch of it. Yeah. Uh, Iowa State. Brent Bloom, I'm guessing he's uh, all over this. Uh-huh. And it was a topic last night, I'm sure, at Wellman's uh, when you were there with the Iowa Everywhere crew. Iowa Everywhere and Cyclone Fanatics, Jaron Stansbury joins us. What's going on? How are you? Doing well, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. No, I appreciate you coming on. want to get into your mailbag uh, in just a second. I enjoyed that piece uh, that you published earlier in the week. Uh, at the Big 12 meetings, uh, apparently the Big 12 is going to distribute $44 million to each team, and ADs believe that number next year is going to approach $50 million. So uh, that, that's, I mean, that's clearly not uh, Big 10 or SEC money, but it's not far off. Uh, and certainly more than some speculated it would be. Clearly, the Big 12 uh, is planting their flag as the, uh, as the number three conference behind the Big 2. Yeah, certainly. And it'll be interesting to see you know, how that number changes now um, moving forward over the next several years, obviously without Oklahoma and Texas, because I think that they're projecting somewhere closer to like 36 moving forward, I think, for, uh, for what, the, what they've said. So, uh, but, you know, for right now, obviously you got to feel really good about that. Um, you're obviously strongly in, in third place. And, you know, as long as nothing changes here in the, you know, between now and, and next year, they should be, you know, in the same place again, even with, you know, taking a little bit less money than maybe what they did. This well, year. you know what? But now they're saying they don't think they're going to have to. They think that this oh, well. number is going to be up to fifty. That's uh, yeah. Dennis Dodd just tweeted that, and he uh, within the last fifteen minutes. So it's we shall good. see. Absolutely, really good. You couldn't get the bosses to let you go out to hang out in Greenbrier for the week. What a place! Oh man, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, we better. You guys better tell Chris next week that he needs to send me next year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it'll be, a, it'll be a spectacular trip, no doubt about it. Well, uh, Jared, let's get into. I, I really liked, uh, as I told Trent. Uh, regardless who publishes it, uh, one of the needle movers, and uh, certainly Iowa State is uh, when uh, when one of the people that follows them answers questions from the fan base, as you guys did over at Cyclone Fanatic. And I pay particular attention to what you think is going to be the uh, TJ starting five both in non-con and then once we get to the uh, to, to the Big 12. Um, clearly, I mean, there's there's a lot of guys that uh, aren't going to be eligibility has been exhausted. Going to look a little bit different, going to look a little bit younger, but at the same time, um, I'm not sure there's a step back coming. How do you feel about what you think is going to be his starting, uh, his starting five going forward? Yeah, I'm right there with you. And I think the thing, you know, that makes this 
this roster that they've constructed so exciting is the versatility of it. You know, I don't, I just don't feel that, you know, in, in the past when you would, you know, take certain guys off of the floor, or, um, you know, if you wanted to go to certain matchups, you could get into some situations where you don't have five people out there on the floor who can score at one time or, uh, or things like that. I mean, I, I feel like when you look at this roster up and down, you know, just about everybody is capable of making something happen for you on both ends of the floor. And, and that's what makes it really hard, honestly, to put together a starting five right now, just because there's a lot of talent coming in, you know, and I think in the talent that they have coming in is all, it's all similar. It's all like where you can mix and match it and it can all kind of continue to work in the same, you know, in the same way, regardless of what the, the combinations that you have out there on the floor. And, um, you know, so for me, you know, I, I look at what that starting lineup is going to look like on, on, on night one. And there's a couple guys that I think you have to feel pretty confident are, are locked into that starting lineup. Obviously, Kane and Lipsy is one of them. You know, it kind of, it all starts with him at the point guard position and, and what he's brought to the program during his first two years with the, with, or first year with the team and now going into his second year. I think Omaha Baloo, obviously, you have to feel like he's a, a lot to get a start on, on night one. But then after that, you look at the rest of the backcourt and, and the wings, and they're, they're interchangeable. You know, you could see where Iowa State could go with a bunch of different starting lineups throughout the season where, depending on the matchup, you feel like a certain guy might, you know, have an advantage or something like that. You can, you know, switch them in and, you know, kind of mix and match and, and make it work. And, you know, I think right now, you know, if I had to put money on it, I'd say Keechan on Gilbert will probably be one of those guys that will get a start. You know, I think it, it would be – surprising to me if a guy like Jackson Pavletsky wasn't in the starting lineup I think especially at the beginning of the season but then too you know TJ's front court uh, front court rotations can be so unpredictable at times but you still feel like with the trio that they've got coming back at the center spot with Robert Jones Trey King and, and Hassan Ward that all three of those guys can bring you something you know really invaluable to where you can you know I think that any of them could start on any given night and I think that there will be times where probably all three of them will get a start at some point in the season. And um, that just, again, I think that just speaks to the interchangeability of the roster, the versatility of the roster. Um, and when you can have that, you know, mix and match ability, you know, that's what really makes you a tough to, to match up with on any given night. And, you know, I think Iowa State's going to have that. They're going to have some things that they've got to work through. The youth, I think, will be especially important for them to navigate, especially early in the season. It'll be interesting to see how, fast they bring along guys like Milan Monsilovich and uh, and then obviously Omaha Blue as well as a freshman but uh, I think that you know right now where you're at you know it already looks like to be the most talented roster that TJ's had since he's been at Iowa State to this point. You mentioned Monsilovich there and I want to go there. 6'8 kid can shoot it. Is he a power forward? Is he a stretch forward? Is he a small forward? And can him and Blue play together? Is that a possibility? How does he fit? I mean, normally, Iowa State gets a top 40 kid nationally. He's a headliner. Well, because Omaha Blue, he's not this year. Kind of a forgotten guy, I think, in a lot of circles. This is a top 40 player nationally. What can you tell us about him? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that's exciting about him is he can do, you know, I don't, I don't know that you can pigeonhole him into a box. I don't know that he's a power forward. I don't know that he's a small forward. I don't know. I think he's just a versatile wing scorer, you know, and I think he's someone who can – you know, really make things happen for you. He can create for other people. He can really knock down shots from perimeter, from the perimeter. His mid-post game, I think, is his strength right now where you can see him really knock down fadeaway jumpers and, you know, he can really work over the top of taller people, um, you know, in that area of the, of the floor. And, 
whether or not they can play together, I think they absolutely can. And I think that's one of the things that will be exciting for this team is you can play, you know, you could play quote-unquote small and put Omaha Blue at the five, have Milan at the four. Um, you know, you've got Keyshawn Gilbert, Taman Lipsy, Jackson Pavletsky, Curtis Jones. Like, you've got all those guys that you can kind of mix and match in the backcourt. And, you know, your shortest guy is Taman Lipsy, who is one of the best rebounding guards in college basketball, you know. So you're not really playing small when you've got a group like that. But uh, at the same time, I think you can be a little bit more versatile offensively. You can really space the floor, and you don't have to play with a traditional center. So I think that that's, you know, that's what's exciting for me is just there's so many different possibilities with this roster because of guys that can just do a bunch of different things. And you don't have to you know, say, hey, this guy is just our catch-and-shoot guy, you know, like – Caleb Grill was a really good player for Iowa State when he was out there on the floor for him last year. The reality is that Caleb Grill was a catch-and-shoot player. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that anybody was going to expect, you know, Caleb to be cooking people in isolation or anything like that. And I think that just, you know, up and down their, their last two rosters, you've had a lot of those guys who were kind of one-dimensional in some sense, but, you know, you make it work. And obviously they had a lot of success, so it's not a, a knock by any means. But I think you're just seeing now where – you know, where this team is kind of going, what the kind of vision is for, for TJ and his staff. And uh, it's to get guys who can, you know, all dribble, pass, and shoot and, and make things happen on both ends of the floor. Yeah, and I love that last thing you just said because I don't want this team to give up its, its calling card of uh, playing defense the way tenacious as, as they were the last couple of years. Um, they're going to they're gonna have better players. You just said that, which is certainly got to be music to Cyclone uh, fans' ears because there's been tournament and back-to-back years, and now this team's going forward. Defense is still going to be a thing, though, right? Yeah, that'll be the identity still. I mean, I would be really surprised if that changed as long as T.J. Otzelberger is the head coach at Iowa State. I just think that, you know, they really hang their hat on that end of the floor. And, um, you know, I think if it doesn't matter who you are, you know, if you don't come in and you don't buy into that, you know, then you're probably not going to play very much. You know, it doesn't matter how talented you are or anything like that. And that's why, you know, fans get frustrated with guys like, you know, Robert Jones, I think is the most, you know, probably the most maligned of that group of, of guys that are coming back. Um, but man, the one thing that you can count on every night is you know that Robert's going to be locked into what he's supposed to be doing defensively. He's going to be locked into um, into what his job is, and and he's going to go out there and execute it. And um, you know, I think that that's going to be continue to be what their calling card is. You know, you want to be able to score the ball better than what they have these last two years. But at the end of the day, the program is going to hang its hat on on being able to lock people down on the defensive end and and be able to make lives difficult that way. The other two freshmen, Hamilton and Fish, of those two, who has a better chance to even see like eight minutes a game this year? Hmm. I'd probably have to say, I'd probably have to say Fish, just because he comes into a position where there's fewer guys that I think are proven commodities. Um, you know, I think, it, but it's going to be hard. Yeah. You know, we're already you're digging deep into you know where you're going to be playing you know ten guys at that point and. Uh, you know, TJ hasn't ever really shown too much of a willingness to do that, except for at the very end of the year when they were doing their their thing where they were playing everybody on the team, and and even the walk on Conrad Holly was getting onto the floor. So mm, yeah. I, I would think that I would probably lean towards Fish, and I you know I've seen both of them play in person um, a couple of times, and I I came away really impressed with Fish. I just think that he fits the he fits the mentality of Iowa State basketball, you know, and I think that that's why you know, why they recruited him, why they signed him. I think they felt like he was the kind of guy who can come in and be a, 
you know, three, four-year player for you that, uh, you know, kind of helps you to maintain the identity of what you want the program to be. And, um, you know, and that's not to, to say that Jelani Hamilton doesn't fit into anything like that, but um, I just think that there's a reality that there might be, you know, more to come along for for him. Um, and there's just more people in front of him. It's more a little bit more of a, a logjam at that position than what it is for, for Caden. Hmm. Uh, Jeremiah Williams, uh, Iowa State fans never got a chance to see him. Um, you know, hindsight being what it, what, what it was when we, when we learned about the injury, he wasn't going to be able to answer the bell. It was uh, kind of a, uh, oh boy, there ever a freshman point guard plays. I mean, he's a nice player, but he's not going to be ready for the Big 12. Well, uh, whoops. Uh, Lipsy was terrific. So what didn't, what didn't uh, we get to see with Jeremiah Williams? Yeah, I mean, I think that he's a guy that would have, you know, brought a great defensive edge for Iowa State, and obviously he's long, and he, you know, he's about six foot five. He's a versatile player that can, you know, do a lot of things on the perimeter. Um, it was interesting to me to see him end up at Illinois, and this isn't anything against, you know, anything against Jeremiah by any means. Um, but I think that the questions were probably around his recovery from his injury a little mm-hmm. bit and how well you know, he could recover from that and, you know, fit in at, at Iowa State, especially when you consider some of the guys that they have coming in this next year. Um, and then you look at Illinois, it's a program that right now, you know, the big question for them is point guard play, you know. And I think when you have a guy that's, you know, from right down the road in Chicago, played at Simeon as a high school kid uh, and, you know, has had some experience at the, you know, power five level, even though he didn't get on the floor, he was around the program and, and things like that, and then was a productive player at Temple. You know, it's a, a calculated risk on their part to, you know, to probably take that chance. And, um, you know, obviously you hope that it, that it works out for them. And uh, I think that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I don't know that I, I feel any different about it from an Iowa State perspective than what, you know, I did before he announced his commitment or anything like that. But uh, at the same time, it will be interesting to see what happens for him. And uh, they've got a really talented team around them that should be, should be an exciting team to watch next year in the Big Ten. Stands as we await the news from the NCAA as it pertains to the gambling investigation. A lot of rumblings and a lot of rumors out there right now about the football team and the program. Taking that aside, where are you with this Iowa State football team? Where's your expectation level after the 4-8 and and the bounce-back factor you believe they can have here this year? Yeah, well... uh... We're going to have to wait and see a little bit, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, with the you know all of the gambling thing, is that continues to to work itself out. I mean, I think my expectation is Iowa State should have a really good defense again, uh, especially when you consider what they're returning in the secondary. You know, you've got some holes to fill up front and um, and in that linebacking core, but I know they feel really good about the young guys that they've brought into the program at, at both of those positions. Offensively, it's how can you find some level of consistency, you know, and Obviously, consistency offensively starts with consistency at the quarterback position. And, um, you know, we'll have to wait and see what that means for Hunter Deckers and, and for that Iowa State offense. But, and obviously, with Nate Shieldhouse taking over for that group, it'll be, it'll be interesting to track. Uh, but I think the expectations right now are kind of hard to nail down just because uh, we, we just don't know some things about this team yeah. that, uh, that are probably going to be pretty important for us to understand, you know, in order to project what we're going to see next year. No question about it. Uh, I think they're about to be a basketball school again. Uh, that's just how I see it. And that was before we heard all the gambling stuff, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, football is um, it could be tough. This Big 12 is fun. This Big 12 mm-hmm. is really good. Are you of the opinion that Colorado is about to make the jump? I am. Yeah, I would be really surprised, I think, if uh, – 
if that doesn't happen here in the, the not-so-distant future. Yeah. And, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, obviously, Colorado bringing in, you know, Deion Sanders mm-hmm. as, as their head coach and uh, makes them a really intriguing program in that sense. I'm excited to see what they're able to do on the field. You know, they've had a very uh, exciting offseason off the field. Uh, but how does that translate to what happens on it? And, um, and then, too, you know, that's a really solid basketball program that Todd, that Tad Boyle has built over the last decade as well. as I think been to five NCAA tournaments and had some really good players that have come through here and probably going to be a top 25 team going into next year. So, you know, they really fit the Big 12. Um, obviously, they have the longstanding historical ties with a handful of the schools that they've been in. The, you know, they were in the same league as for 50-plus years. And um, I just, I think that – you know, there's a reality that everybody can see the way the tides are shifting, and yep. I would be, I'd probably be pretty surprised if uh, if Colorado didn't end back, end up back in the league at some point. I'm with you, Jared. Thanks for doing this for us. Really enjoyed it, Jared. Jared Stansbury, Iowa, everywhere, and of course, Cyclone fanatic, primary writer over there. Jared, thank you. Have a wonderful weekend. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, fellas. Yeah, good to talk to you, Jared Stansbury. So we catch up on uh, on Iowa State. Uh, all right, we'll take our final time out of hour number one. We'll come back, wrap up the hour. Brett Yormark is uh, meeting the media. This basketball-only option mm-hmm. is, I guess, not going away. As according to him, he's, he, he says, look, I get it. Football is the needle mover. Uh, but he thinks that they're leaving money on the table and wants to become uh, the dominant basketball conference and if they bring in a couple of basketball only schools i think that can only help we'll talk uh, more about that and other stuff when we come back on des moines sports station 106.100 bets off First hour of the program, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Something you said yesterday uh, during the show stuck with me all day uh, yesterday. I kept thinking about it, and I think you're 100% right, and I want you to be wrong. And I'm not saying, <laughs> I'm not saying that you are um, going on a limit saying this is going to happen, uh-huh. but your theory that there's only 32 available opportunities to be an athletic director in either the SEC or the Big Ten, mm-hmm. there's going to be some resumes that show up that you don't think uh, normally that this person would be interested in at least kicking the tires on. Yeah. I think you're 100% right. I, I brought up a half dozen examples in the Big Ten alone for power conference ADs that left athletic director positions at other mm-hmm. power fives to come to the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. And some of these programs are not at the same stature as Iowa. Yes, Iowa's not Penn State or Michigan no, or Ohio State. but it's a plum chop trend. But is it... With the opportunities that the athletic director, the new AD, will have to hire a football coach in their tenure. Put his stamp on the program. A men's basketball. Or her stamp on the program. Women's basketball. Possibly baseball. Wrestling. Uh There's a lot. Facilities plus the amount of money that you're going to have being Mm -hmm. in the Big Ten with a collective that's off to a great start. Yep. I was a very good job. Mm, Really good job. It is absolutely a top 20 job in the sport. And you can argue maybe even top 15. You look at those revenues. When USA Today puts out the database, year after year, they're 15th, 16th in the country in revenue. And they're going to stay there, and the amount of money that is beside that, uh, that uh, their name is just going to go up. Minnesota's not a great job no, for an athletic director. But they're a Big Ten SEC job. They got Coyle, who was incredibly uh-huh. well-respected, out of Syracuse. Yeah. 
It has nothing to do with Getz. It has absolutely nothing to do but with But I Getz. hope that it's her because there's only two women, one at Vanderbilt and one at Penn State. I think those are the only two. Yeah. Uh, and wouldn't it be nice to see that number increase? I just don't want to see them just give it because that's the way it probably should be. The easy way out. Yes. Right. Right. Make sure you're now. Going we were critical of what we thought was the easy way out with the Iowa State men's basketball. That's program. true. Both dead wrong. Both dead wrong. Yeah. Um, but but when you said that yesterday, I thought you know that the, the, she went from a. I would bet a lot of money she's going to get the job. To all of a sudden, you know what? Condon's got a good point. This is a really good point. Make sure who is out uh-huh. there, who is interested, and people that have maybe even a better resume than she does. And again, she has a great resume. Mm-hmm. She's done great. She's things. Absolutely qualified, and I hope she gets it. But don't just pigeonhole. Nope. Now, nope. the great unknown about all this, and from Doctorman to Caker, who are out on later, Eichold, on and on and on, people on the beat have no idea what President Wilson is like. She doesn't talk. <laughs> she, they, they have, there's been interview requests, and unless you get her like coming out of a regents meeting, she does not do interviews. And certainly doesn't want to talk about athletics. And this job's not going to be filled anytime soon. Did you see that? That oh, this yeah. is going up until they're not going to even start looking until next spring. 2024, yeah, right. is when we're looking at this. We don't know, though, what her thought process is. President Wilson is going to be a huge part of this. So that is also a component that leads to the great unknown. Mm-hmm. Is it as simple as we have somebody we believe can take mm-hmm. over the position, she's already there, or is she also the belief that we are going to hire the best person for it? We don't know because we really don't know President Wilson at all. She is very much... She is behind closed doors for a lot of things. Does the interim athletic director get to hire a football coach prior to that uh, that job being handed out to whoever gets it? Usually when that happens, it it, it's a disaster. Right. And we've seen this happen in the past mm-hmm. with some interims. And then when the new AD comes in... It's not their guy. And very quickly... Yep, goes wrong. There is cleaning house and, and things can go sour quickly. So probably not. Hour two, Mike Palm, Circus Sports VP. We'll catch up with Mike Palm. Of course, Survivor and Millions, those contests are open now. Uh, we'll do that. Did they win last night, do you think? As a, as a, did the property, did the betters get the properties last night? No, I'm sure they still won. I'm sure they probably had a good night, too. Yeah. Palm and then Cakert, hour two next.